My Car Guru, Season 11, Episode 6. Well, hello and welcome to this edition of My Car Guru. I am in a good mood today, but I shouldn't be. I stopped at my disaster area, which is gateway number two. That is our used car dealership and where I restore cars and recondition cars. And I've got a tenant there that builds hot rods. I like going in his area. Very interesting. But yeah, our disaster area um, with our uh, sprinkler system that burst, or as they say around here, busted. It um, they're, they're making progress. They had to tear all the ceiling out. Well, you know, it had a suspended ceiling. It was a metal building built back in 1973. The showroom area is about, I'm going to say, 8,000 square feet, probably a little bit bigger than that. The whole building is about 30,000 square feet. But I had the showroom really looking good, and then this happened. But, I, you know, I hired a company to take care of this. You know, sometimes it is just so important to go to the right people. Sometimes you try to cheap it out. You know, a lot of people, when they are they have car trouble, where's the cheapest place I can find? So they, put, they get on the phone and they start calling. They Google it first and get a bunch of numbers. Car repair near me, you know, something like that. And they start calling, what's your labor rate? Um, how much do y'all charge to uh, do a brake job? You know, folks, those are really not good questions. And because they can say anything. And a lot of people that call don't really know what questions to ask. Like, do you think it's just adequate to say, what's a brake job cost? You know, for, and, you know, you may be driving a, an Acura or a BMW, or a Cadillac, or something like that. Anytime you call an independent shop, they're going to ask you what you're driving, and um, they're going to probably say, well, you're going to have to bring it in, because we've got to look at it. Because, you know, a brake job can can be as simple as replacing the pads. Or it, it could be, you may not even need, a, need brakes. I mean, who told you you needed brakes anyway? The guy at the Quick Lube? What does he know? You know, he's been doing that job for 30 days before he was flipping burgers at Wendy's. I mean, you just, it's so hard to get people and, and you just don't know. So what questions do you ask? How do you ask the right questions? How do you know what to ask? Is that all the same thing? Probably is. The, it's not easy, but you don't shop for the cheapest price. You shop for the right shop. Now, how do you find that place? Well, you, you can't find it in the yellow pages anymore. I wonder how many people actually use phone books anymore. You know, you, you can Google it, you know, shops with a great reputation. You can check their Google reviews as well. That's a good thing to do. A lot of people do that. Lots of times the only people that go and give a review for an automo or automobile repair shop are people who are not happy, you know, because they had a bad experience. But everybody there doesn't have a bad experience or they wouldn't still be in business. So it helps to have a friend maybe that, that is in the car business that knows. It would If you don't have anybody like that, then I'll be your friend. You know, you just need to give me a call. I don't think you can go wrong by going to a new car dealer that sells the brand that, you're inter or that you drive. And a lot of people say, well, you don't want to go there because they charge too much. Well, you know what the other place is going to do, the place that doesn't charge as much? Maybe they don't have the skill levels that the dealer has. 
They don't have the training. They probably aren't going to use OEM parts, original equipment manufactured parts. So, you know, if you get a brake job on your Cadillac, what kind of brake pads are they putting on there? Uh, If you have to have rotors, maybe your rotors are scored really bad and they can't be turned on a lathe and resurfaced, as we call it in the car business, the bidness. Um, You know, what kind of uh, rotors are you going to put on your car? Well, if you go to an independent shop, they're going to put aftermarket rotors on there unless you say, I want original GM parts. And that's what I would do. Um, but And, and you really got to be careful with independent shops. If, if, if it's just a little small dude who has his garage behind his house, maybe he's really good. Maybe he's retired from working at you know some big Chevy dealer or something. He was a certified mechanic, but maybe maybe he's not. Now, don't get me wrong. Some of the best mechanics that I have ever known never had any training, any formal training. I've got one that works for me. And I would give him just about any car older than a, uh, let's say, a 2019 or 2018 model. Um, The latest and greatest technology is a little bit over his head. And he, he would admit to that. And he really doesn't work, want to work on the latest stuff, really complicated stuff. Now, some of the shops have a, um, a tool. It's really a computer in their uh, dealership. And they're subscribed to a program called Identifix. Isn't that a cute name? Identifix. Well, what is that, Lenny? Well, imagine a YouTube channel. Oh, somebody just fired up a car in the showroom. That sounds good. I think that's the Mach 1 Mustang that we just sold. Man, 480 horsepower. It's sitting beside my 1966 Fastback Mustang that has a whopping 271 horsepower, and that was the most you could get at that time. But I digress. Let me get back on track here. Identifix. What is it? Well, let's say that Johnny pulls in a 19... Well, no, let's not go that old. Let's say a 20... 10 Chevy Malibu with a check engine light on and it's making a weird noise in the uh, right right front wheel and Johnny doesn't have a lot of experience working on Malibus I mean he didn't have any Malibu training he's a good mechanic you know he can spin a wheel and see if it sounds like a wheel bearing he can test drive a car and you know diagnose a lot of things but you know if you have a check engine light you've got to plug into the OBD2 port underneath the dash and download the codes. Well, what if the codes are real complicated? Lots of times there's more than one code. And you replace a part that it says might be bad, and guess what? Check engine light comes back on. Oh, and now it's pointing to something else. So you replace that. Check engine light's still on. What do you do now? Well, you go to Identifix. So Identifix is like a... um, advice book. It's a page where it's it's online. You have to subscribe to it. So Johnny, who has who did not go to any particular school on Malibu's, can go in there and put the make, model, year, VIN number, mileage, whatever other specifications that it's calling for, and describe the problem. And boom, all of these different people who have had the same problem come up. And they said, well, I replaced this. After doing this, this, and this, we found that this was the original problem. 
So what Johnny can do is take off that first part, send it back to Advance Auto Parts or wherever he bought it, take off the second part, send it back to the Chevy store wherever he got it, and just put on the part that needed to be fixed on the car to, to begin with. Now, you know what a lot of shops would do? Well, they would charge you for all of those parts because they said that it took all of those parts to fix it. And you're walking away with a $927 bill when, it, when Johnny fixed it for $38 plus a diagnosis. How do you find that guy? Well, you word of mouth is one way to find it. Um, and I think that, you know, a lot of car dealerships, new car dealers, they, they don't mean to, but they are so busy and they have so much of a backlog and their technicians are, you know, they're working really hard and it's hot back there. And sometimes they will do something that is a, a bad habit for a shop and, and very expensive for the consumer. And that's throwing parts at a problem. That's where you're not really sure what it is, so you just put this part on and that part on and the next part on, and finally that fixes it. So you just leave them all on there, charge the customer. Well, you don't know any better, right? I mean, you don't have any experience with that. So it's just one of those things that if you're, you're going to a car dealership and you start to feel like, let's say you've been back two or three times, and they keep charging you with stuff, you know, and and... They're experimenting, folks. They they don't know what the problem is with your car. They need to slow down. You need to slow down and go speak to the service manager and say this, Sir, I think your mechanics are throwing parts at my problem. They're not fixing it. They're just experimenting. And he will get to the truth. If you throw a statement at him like that, they'll think, Who you been talking to? You've been talking to that guru on the radio. Well, yeah, I admit it. I listen to him in the morning. So you, you do have to watch out for the new car dealer, too, because sometimes they will throw parts at a problem. If you're under warranty, it's still inconvenient to have to take your car in two or three times to get it fixed. I've got a customer right now that I'm working with because they've been in too many times, and I'm a little peeved at, at uh, one of my guys because... He didn't do a really good job keeping the customer in, informed. I think that's our job. I tell my service advisors all the time, I said, listen, guys, if you have a customer's car in the, in the dealership, let's say for a couple weeks because we got parts ordered or whatever, it's your job to keep them informed on what's going on. But, you know, I'll tell them that, and then three weeks later they might have forgotten. So you have to, we have to constantly remind people of what they have to do because when they get busy, they get, they lose their touch. You know what I'm saying? I've experienced that at the pharmacist the other day. Uh, I'll be back here in just a minute and tell you about that one. Yeah, I had to have me some drugs, some legal drugs. I was having a terrible pain in my side. Uh, when I got out of bed, I'd, it was on my right side, right below my ribs. And I'd get out of bed, and it would hurt and stabbing pain. Getting in bed, my wife said, what's wrong with you? And I said, I don't know, but I've got this pain. I was getting ready to go to Hawaii. And, you know, I didn't want to have some kind of problem, so I made an appointment, went to the doctor, and he pushed around on it. And when he pushed in the right spot, this guy actually had some technology, recent technology. He was able to um, do a ultrasound portably 
he had a little ultrasound thing. I think I mentioned that on a couple of shows ago, how advanced that, that has become. He actually connected to his phone, and he could, there he is looking at his cell phone and rubbing that thing on my stomach trying to see if I had any gallstones or whatever, and I didn't have any. Wouldn't know what to do with him if I did. But, um, yeah, he couldn't find anything wrong. So he said, just in case, I know you're going to Hawaii, so let's prescribe this. And you start really hurting and, and take this antibiotic, and maybe it'll help. So, anyway, I took, I took the antibiotics to Hawaii and never needed them. But in order to be able to get the, take the drugs to Hawaii, I had to go to a pharmacist. And I have moved pharmacies probably three times in the last three or four years. Maybe they're all overworked. I don't know. But I don't get the warm, fuzzy feelings from the pharmacy people uh, usually. And if I feel like I'm just looked at as a number and they're, you know, slamming the phone down when you go up to the drive through window or they're just not, you know, you ask them a question, you act like you interrupted their, uh, you know, some movie they were watching or something, um, that, that just kind of irritates me. And what I'll do is I'll, I'll take care of that little problem. I just won't be back. So I switched pharmacies uh, my last time. And, oh, at first it was pretty good. I'm not going to say where it is, but it's a grocery store pharmacy. And there's a, a lady in there. She's I think she's the main pharmacist. She as as hateful as anybody I've ever seen. I mean, she won't even look. So you walk up to the counter, and there she is banging on that computer and just looking. And you're standing right there. And she's looking at that screen, and if she would return her head like three inches, she would see you. But she just keep, keeps banging, banging away, banging away. And I'm standing there five minutes later, and I finally said, excuse me? And she looked at me like I had shot her or something. Yes, sir? I said, um, I'm here to pick up a, a prescription. Well, it'll be just a minute. And then she turned right around and started banging on that computer. So I think I'm going to leave them. I can't handle it. I do not like being treated that way. Do you? What does it take for you to leave? What does it take for you to quit on somebody? Now, I've had some customers over my years. I mean, I've been doing this a long time in the car business. I've had people say, I'll never buy another car from you. Of course, they won't ever say that to me. They just say it to somebody else, and then they relay the message to me. And I said, why? You know, well, I don't know. They just, they were mad. They weren't treated right, or they didn't feel like you did did the right thing in the service department, whatever, whatever the reason. There's been multiple reasons over the years. But, you know, like I've always said, I mean, if people don't complain, then you don't know, right? And I appreciate a complaint. And most of the people that have come back to me over the years to my dealership complaining about a mechanical issue, body shop issue, you know, can't get the parts, or even a, a retail sale, I always sit down, and my objective is to satisfy them. You know, I tell the customer right off, I said, we're not, we're not the enemy. I, I'm on your side. I want you to be, she said, I've heard that before. You know, I had a lady the other day uh, saying that same thing. She said, I've heard that before. You, several of your people have told me that. I said, well, I'm the boss. You have hit gold with me. Okay, well, we'll see. So anyway, we solved the problem. Well, I've got their vehicle in the shop. I gave them a nice loaner car. And we're going to solve that problem or I'm going to put her in another car and it's not going to cost her very much. You know, because my goal is always to maintain the relationship. That's the kind of business that you need to find. Somebody that is concerned about maintaining the relationship, and folks, I know that is hard now. 
I mean, you'll find some small businesses that are just wonderful people, and others, they just, you know, they never went to the school of being nice and, you know, how to run a business. Sometimes you wonder how in the world can these people make a living? It's because people really need their product and are willing to put up with their crap. That's why they, they're able to stay in business. Um, you know, there's lots of businesses that don't provide good service, but I think it is a great point of defection for a lot of businesses, and they wonder what happens to them. It's because they don't take care of their people. Now, if you're selling, a, uh, producing a, a terrible product, you know, really bad service over a period of time, you know, all of a sudden one day you're going to look up and there's nobody waiting. And the same thing in the sales department. If, if you have a reputation of, of ripping people off and that word gets out and it's all over Facebook and, you know, Google ratings are terrible, people aren't going to come. I mean, it, it, sometimes it gets to that point. But, you know, sometimes it takes getting to that point before the owners will will finally wake up and say, hey, man, we got to do something about this. We're running. We don't have any money. And they wonder why. And you know, the thing about it is it started a long time ago. Most businesses don't fail overnight. They just make a bunch of mistakes over a long period of time, and then they wonder what hit them. And it was something that they started doing. It was a habit. It was a lack of training. It was a lack of focus on the customer experience. Um, it, it can be a lot of different things. But I guess my point is if you have a good relationship with a place and they give you bad service, for goodness sake, do them a favor. Tell them. Tell them nicely, though. You know, like walk into their office and say, sir, I appreciate it. I've been doing business with you a long time. Oh, I know, Mrs. Johnson. You've been great. Um, but I didn't receive the best service this time, and let me, let me tell you about my experience. You know, and if they're willing to sit there and listen, and they will be if you approach it right. I mean, I really believe that if you go in there yelling and screaming and threatening lawyers and all that stuff, I tell you what, that's one way to get a dealer. Most dealerships will shut down if you mention lawyer. They are told to do that by a lot of general managers. They say, oh, oh, you mentioned lawyer. Okay, you, you, you're just, you, you must leave now. You'll have to speak to our lawyers. I've had people tell me that before. You got I'm going to talk to my lawyer. I said, you don't need to talk to your lawyer. Come on back here into my office. Let's, let's sit down. Let's work this out. You know, to me, that's the, the advantage of being, I'm flexible. You know, I have flexibility. A lot of people that are at a, you know, if you're talking to a general manager and, and he is working for a large company, he doesn't have any flexibility. Well, he might have some, you know, he might be with a company that, that gives their managers a certain amount of leeway. Maybe it's a dollar figure. Maybe it's a percentage. Maybe they have an account set up. A lot of dealers have, or businesses and the car dealers, set up a, a fund in their dealership to handle, you know, customer complaints. If they have an issue, they've got something to dip into to make things right. Because there's nothing free. You know, if somebody comes in, let's say that we put an engine in somebody's car. Now, if it's a brand new engine from Ford, then, I, then Ford will stand behind it. But if I have to go to a junkyard or some place like that on an older car to get an engine and that engine fails, then I probably have to buy another one, you know, and I have to eat all the labor and materials and stuff like that to, to make the customer right. Now, there are some businesses that will say, well, sorry, you know, we can't do anything about it, and then you end up suing them and all that kind of stuff. But that's, you know, that's rare. Uh, talk to the owner. Give them a chance to fix the problem. If they have a bad attitude, then about all that you can do is to nail them with a bad Google rating and move on. 
and find somebody else to do it. You know, if you have a mechanical problem at one Chevrolet dealer and it's under warranty, you can go to another, uh, a different Chevrolet dealer to get that warranty thing taken care of. You don't have to go to the dealership that you bought the car from. And if you ever go to a dealership and they say, well, you didn't buy a car from us. We can't work on your car. They can lose their franchise over that little statement. So that's something that uh, I don't think you'll face. But, yeah, if you are if you bought a Ford at one dealership and you don't want to get it serviced there, then you can get it serviced at the other Ford dealership. So if, you, if you're near me and you want to get your Ford serviced by me, but you didn't buy from me, I'm, we welcome you. As long as we can get to it. You know, that's the main challenge right now. Okay, I'll take my last break and be back here in just a minute. I've got to put up a basketball goal. They just delivered it yesterday. It's a doozy. I mean, that's not the brand name. It's a gorilla, I think is the brand name. But it's got a, a glass backboard and oh, it's gonna be so nice. And but I have to mount it to the concrete. Well, I'm I'm not I can't drill holes in concrete and get it all level and stuff like that. But I've got a guy that I know can do it. You know, it's just wonderful to have people that you have developed relationships with that you can count on. And if I can ever be of assistance to you, I've got, I got hit with a bunch of emails this week, and I'm glad to get them. You know, people asking me questions about, what do I do about this? And where should I go to get this taken care of? And, and what's my car worth? And, and how should I sell this? Or, you know, something, just a multitude of, of car life questions. I'm here to answer them. My cell phone is 423-552-2020. My email address is Lenny Lawson 2020 at gmail.com. And if I can help in any way, I will be happy to do it. And I will talk to you tomorrow.